Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you meaningful support as a listener to find a great career faster, whether you're working or not. Today's episode is brought to you by the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook. It's a free resource you can download at jobseekersradio.com. In today's show, we're talking about overcoming self-doubt in your job search. What I've found in recent times is that there's a lot of doubt in the marketplace. You have value. That's what I'm going to start with. You have value. Yep. It's just finding the place where you can use your, that can use your value. Yes. And who, who will appreciate your value. Absolutely. Yep. So we're, we're going to talk today about some top doubts and some solutions, some things that you can do to resolve some of those doubts or mitigate them or work mitigate. with them. Yes. Right? And, and that's, that's where I wanted to start. I love the idea. You have value. Find the place that acknowledges it, that appreciates it. At the same time, understand that everyone has self-doubt. Everyone. Again, if you have no fear, no doubt, then you may be disordered. The idea of self-doubt is so universal that overcoming self-doubt really is the key. It is not eliminating it. You won't. Recognizing it, learning to manage it, is a far greater, more important skill than trying to eliminate it because it's not going to happen. It may be evidence of empathy and compassion, actually, that you're doubting doing something because it might impact somebody else. That's great. It, it, it could be, right? Self-awareness so, is So a if we're talking your language right now and you're a job seeker listening to this session or perhaps you're in a job and you're just unsure of your next move, you might be dealing with things like, you know, do I meet these requirements of this role? Will the interviewers like me? Right. Will I ever find a good a job as good or bad as the last one I've had? And, and, and can there be anything better? Maybe it's I'm current with, am I current with the job market? Are my skills yeah. valued? Right. You're questioning things. Then you're in the right place. I would agree. You're in the right place. Yep. Uh, so the first one that we really think about here is job requirements. And many of the people that I coach will look at online postings, right? They'll look at, they'll do an inventory as great analyticals do, because um, I work with a lot of analytical engineers, that sort of thing. Sure. And they, they like to deconstruct mm -hmm. the job description and say, do I fit? Do I not fit? Am I interested? Am I not? Yeah. And they doubt, right? They, they look at that and say, well, you know, I don't meet 100% of the requirements, so I'm not going to apply for that. I'll tell you from an HR perspective, job descriptions are a wish list in most cases. Now, it's true that some companies will create the job description based on the person doing the job. So it's just listing out the things that this person is currently doing. And there's a reason for that, and I'm not knocking that. When they are then looking for the replacement, they will look at all of the, the things that that person did, and then they want the next step up. However wonderful that person may have been, they still want the next one to be even greater. And so they're looking at this and, and making everything sound rosy. Remember that a job description is the wish list if they're posting it online. You were the one that came up with the, the study. Uh, do you remember where that was? Yeah, there was a study done, interestingly enough, by a company that would make applications on behalf of candidates. Right. So the, it, they would just do that automatically for them. I don't know if there was some back end system that did that or a, a bot or if it was actually people just typing these things in for you, copy paste. Yeah. 
because all that is really to put your stuff in a data in an ATS, an applicant tracking system, mm-hmm. is data entry. So you're highly qualified if you've done at least what 50 applications for a data entry job, right? The idea was they tracked everything when they applied and when they got responses, and they they actually mapped out that uh, people who meet somewhere between 50, I think it was 58 to 90 percent requirements. That that range is what got interviews. And people below 50% or somewhere in that that area were just as likely not to get an interview as somebody who was 90 to 95%, 100% match. Yeah, and you think about that. If, if this is a wish list and somebody has all those skills, they may be overqualified for the position. And so that may not get the uh, attention. I, I think it's important to remember that your skill set is unique to you. It does have value. And finding the organization that values it will take some time and effort. It's critically important to your happiness and theirs. If you're of the opinion that it doesn't matter if I'm happy, as long as they're happy, I will be, you really need to be careful walking down that road. I have also heard the doubt that um, is in somebody's mind that I'm overqualified for that role. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I think, a different kind of doubt. In that if I apply for this thing, they're not going to ask me in because I'm overqualified. That's more of a, I don't know if that's ego or... Um, well, there's... there, there, there Even that, though it's still the doubt, based, right? Yeah, uh, there's fear involved. And, and probably because those of us who have been in that situation where we applied for a job that was lower than the one we left, yes, we're overqualified for that job. But the way I actually landed that lower position job was by explaining why I was applying for it in the first place, what that afforded me. I was in a a time in my life when I didn't want the responsibility of managing a large team, and for good reason. All I needed was to have the conversation with them as to why. It's a reasonable doubt that you would get as many interviews by being terribly overqualified but that doesn't mean you won't get an interview. Mm. Networking is going to help strengthen the the ties to that. If you know somebody on the inside who can let the the recruiter or hiring manager know, hey, I know somebody who is overqualified this for this position, but it's actually what he's looking for. Networking is going to definitely benefit. And if you're at one end of the spectrum, hey, I don't have the skill to match that role, so I'm not going to apply. But then the other end of that spectrum is I'm overqualified. I'm going to apply anyway just so I can have an application. And then in both of those cases, you don't get an interview, right? So you may be a perfect fit for one of those roles that's kind of in the middle and you don't get the interview or you don't get any response. You get nothing, ghosted, call it whatever you want. Sure. Then it just kind of fans the flames of doubt that you have the skills necessary to be successful in the marketplace. Now I'm pursuing things like education or certification or, gosh, I need to retool because you presume that because somebody has not answered your request on an ATS that you are somehow doubting your skills. Right. And I think that's very dangerous. It, and it's very, also expensive very normal. And very expensive. Yes. Normal. Dangerous, expensive. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I think about those who, uh, I dislike the phrase, give up, because most people looking for work don't give up. I know I've said this in prior podcasts. At times, it's good to take a break. 
define how much time you're just not going to, to look for a while. Take a rest because you're more prepared then after that rest to put the energy back into it. But it also gives you an opportunity to start thinking differently, uh, sort of in the mind of resilience. If you keep thinking the same thoughts and you keep getting the same results, that's going to start feeding itself. If you take that break and allow yourself to let go of the doubt, not to eliminate it, but to just accept it for what it is, and then to think about what could happen that would be good, allow yourself to think on that for a while, you're probably going to get back into that job search with a renewed sense of energy and drive. And something just popped into my mind as we were producing this right now is that, hey, my mind even wanders when people are talking. You know, I start thinking about different things. I hear a dog bark in the background. <laughs> it's not in, it doesn't have anything to do with you, Scott. It has everything to do right. with this, this, this mind of mine that just kind of can wander. I think that happens to everybody. And yeah. something I've seen you do, you write them down. You write your ideas down. Yeah, I have to. Uh, because my, my head is a scary place. Well, and, and, but, and my memory's good, but it's not perfect. Yeah. And what I like about doing that, if I'm taking notes of the idea that popped into my head, I can then pay more attention to the person who's speaking. And, and I let people know, hey, I'm going to be taking notes while we're talking. Doubt. Doubt. I, I doubt I'm going to get an interview. Now, this often comes from people that we interact with at Breakfast Club that have been looking for a long time. Yep. Right. They feel like they're doing all the right things. And they're, many times they are. And many times they are, but they're just not getting an interview. And, right. and so they get to a point in their search where they feel like, I'm never going to find anything from that point of absolute. Anytime you use never or always, always or, right. or any of these. Hyperbole. Ab right. It's all absolute. And there is no absolutes. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess there are some like death and taxes and stuff like that. But No, I, that taxes are still a choice. You can go to jail, lose your property, everything else. It's still a choice. <laughs> but it's still there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's still there. But I, I'm thinking about, okay, I doubt I'm ever going to get an interview because my my never-ending job search. And so I, I feel that there's a point at which there's some insecurity that enters the, the equation because of their doubt. I've been there. I, I know people who have been unemployed longer than I was. But I was unemployed for three years at one point during the Great Recession. And that was a tough, tough time. It messes with your head. Talk about self-doubt and wondering if I'm even hireable. Absolutely goes through, through, went through my mind constantly. Two things that I did. I talked to the people that cared about me who were actually supporting me at the time because I was one of those where I had no money left. My family was helping me. There was also the idea of never give up. You just don't give up. You keep moving forward. And Dick Warren, a guy here in Portland that I, I met at the time who was giving me, a, it was a, we were having a networking coffee together. And he was the one that gave me the a definition of progress, of movement towards a worthy goal. And pointing out the fact that it doesn't matter if it's three miles, three yards, three millimeters. It is still progress towards the worthy goal. Don't give up. 
And I finally got a job. And it was exactly the job I was looking for. And did it last forever? No, nothing does. But that's the other part of that lesson, is this period that you're in, however doubtful you may be about your prospects, the situation you're in right now will change. If you haven't read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, read it. It is only the situation you're in. It does not define who you are. So it does not define your value. It does not define your ability to be hired. It is simply the situation you find yourself in now. Don't give up. That is great advice. I would also recommend considering how you can use that as fuel. Because a lot of times you get into that situation, you don't think there's an end, and there is a learning but use your situation as fuel to do things that you maybe wouldn't consider doing before. Like, I think that's probably maybe one of the things that drew you to, to Breakfast Club. Uh, not that you weren't looking at different job search groups, and I'm sure you were. I was going um, to as many as I could go to. Yeah. Is that here you're in a situation where, you know, if you don't continue doing something, then you you get what you get. And as my wife says, you don't throw a fit. Right. <laughs> if you don't yeah. if you don't put something in, you don't get anything out. That's a great memory. I, I think about our friend Cleon, who actually was the one that, that put me in touch with you to get involved with Breakfast Club. And it gave me an opportunity to get back into leading something because I had come out of a leadership role. It got me back into taking the steps of working with people and helping them and leading them through whatever processes. It totally changed my perspective. Doing something for other people became the reason for me to get up that that morning. It was your currency. Yeah. It was your oxygen. So that's something to take away from this is that even though you may have anxiety and doubt and and fear and, and uncertainty, that doing something for someone else will yield positive results for you. I know we were going to mention not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Doing something for other people can be the light in the tunnel. You're not looking at the end of the tunnel yet. You haven't turned that corner, but it turns on a light. It can make a huge difference by just getting involved in something that is not job-related. It's just getting up and doing something for other people. Yeah, and in the category of the never-ending job search, sometimes that doubt uh, that things just won't get better, I think that some of us that have suffered a a reduction in force uh, understand that, right? Mm -hmm. We understand the doubt that comes with that. I also know that you can retrain your mind to say that every time I've had that situation, I've gotten something better. And for me, that's true. Now, Better means different things in each one of those situations. Sure. And, and it may it, it may be something you wanted that's better. It may be something you hadn't considered that is better. But it's better than you expected. Uh, I think that's a perfect point. And, and one of the ways you overcome doubt is by looking for that. You look for what was better out of that situation. Wow, I'm no, no longer at this company. I don't have to deal with that a-hole in in uh, <laughs> yeah. in finance or, or whatever, you know. Uh, or the it, toxic boss. Right. Uh, yeah. Whatever that is, right. it's like if you start looking, seeking out these positive things in a bad situation, that's when you kind of overcome that doubt and you're now able to do things that you didn't think were possible. 
Now, we also may doubt that anyone is hiring today. I hear this a lot that, you know, we have the pandemic and all the unrest and all these people laying off and the highest unemployment in forever, right? When you start hearing the headlines, you start thinking, wow, is anyone hiring? Well, the answer is yes. Everybody's, I, I always assume, right? Everybody. My mindset, <laughs> yeah. my mindset is everybody's hiring. So if I think that, then I know there's opportunity, especially at companies I'd love to work for. So much of what we talk about really is nothing more than a mind game. It's dealing with what's going on between your own ears. So if that's what gets you started, the idea of everybody's hiring, do it. Tell yourself everybody's hiring. The point is, most of the time it's true. Even if they're, they don't have an open position that they've posted on Indeed. There are many companies out there that can hire you if you get in front of them. The challenge is getting in front of them. But it doesn't mean that they're not hiring. And that's always been the challenge, hasn't exactly. it, Scott? Is right. that getting in front of the right people at the right company at the right time is always been the challenge. And if you are getting in front of the right people at the right company and it's the wrong time, the right time is coming. Don't burn the bridge. Do stay in touch. All the things that we've been telling you in other podcasts, build that relationship. Because when that time comes up, they will think of you. And if they don't, then if you're regularly keeping in touch with them, you will remind them. What it does, Scott, is it actually puts you in a position of strength because now I showed up early to an opportunity that not maybe not exist right now. Um, and the reason that's important is because the relationship has preceded the opportunity. Yes. And now you have things in or the right order of operations. Yes. Meaning I, I'm not reaching out to somebody after something's posted and now I'm reacting. Right. And what kind of reputation have I developed? And now I've got the order of operations all wrong. And the likelihood of me getting that opportunity has diminished. I think that's absolutely right. Building the relationship first is always going to help you. The other thing I hear is I doubt I doubt such and such company is hiring because they have a hiring freeze on. And that may be true. I've I've talked to people just within the HR world that they there has been a moratorium on hiring. That does not mean they're not looking for you. It means that they may not be allowed to hire you in the way that they would normally want to or that using the, their standard processes. I will say that even in a hiring freeze, some organizations, when they're, when they have a need that you can fill, can get around that rule. Don't not do your search because the company has a freeze. Find someone inside that you can talk to about what the situation is now and whether or not you can do a informational interview. Yes. Just to find out what's going on inside. I, I'm reminded of Rich Lehman, who who wanted to work at Nike. And when he wanted to work at Nike, guess what? They, were, they had a hiring, hiring freeze. Hiring freeze. Yeah. But as soon as the hiring freeze was lifted, what did he have? He, he had the reputation. He had the and reputation. We've, he we've, had the connections. He had, yeah. We've mentioned him on prior podcasts. So if you haven't heard his name, it's because you haven't listened to those podcasts. What struck me about his story so profoundly is that when he was interviewing for the job he got, I believe it was for the one that he, he landed, they thought he was already working there. <laughs> 
because he, he he spent so much time there on the campus. Yeah. yeah, he was there all the time, or often enough that they thought he was already employed. So if you're looking at a company, especially a large company that's well siloed, that can happen to you as well. But don't not reach out to them because you've heard they have a hiring freeze. Bad economic times are still good times to get hired. And that's exactly the time you want to reach out to somebody because then you're not, you don't have a veiled request, right? Right. You, you don't have that elephant in the corner called a job. Right. It, it's a more organic conversation. It actually works better for you. Sure. And if you're opposed or at least resistant or hesitant to network, this should be good news for you because you don't have to talk about the job in the corner. I also think about those who are employed and are doubting their ability to get into the better role or the better company or whatever that is. Networking is going to help you there too. Because if you're in a role where there are others at other companies in your same type of role, and there are networking organizations that already exist for that, whether it's sales, research. They're all out yeah, there. Yeah, HR. I mean, they're, they're, if there is a national association, get to that association and start networking with your peers in other companies. Because you can talk about all the things that your current company is doing without giving any indication that you're looking to get away. You can have those conversations where it is not the threat and people will see you in that non-threatening way. The idea of when you ask someone if they know of any jobs, we all want to help. Instead, if you're going with the idea of just you're working on something and you're looking for information and advice, it takes the pressure off the person that you're talking to. We're in a position to get promoted. Then hiring freeze comes in. Then um, maybe some of these external forces with the pandemic come in. And then you stop all of your activity that positioned right. you for that promotion thinking it's never going to happen, right? I doubt this will ever happen for me because of all these different right. things. Yeah. So you're not insulated whether you're working or not just because you have a job doesn't mean you're not going to be considered for a promotion. In fact, I can encourage I can encourage you even more that just about every organization is not going to be the same once this thing is processed. Good point. They're going to have to reorganize. They're going to have to have new people hired. Why? Because they haven't been hiring people. The work didn't go away. It might still be there uh, and it might just be delivered or, or done, a in a, done in a different way. Yep. To think there aren't opportunities in your company means that you're oblivious to reality. One of the points, I absolutely agree with you. If you're considering working for a company that is currently badly impacted by the pandemic or any of these other reasons and that they've had to furlough people. When they come back, their new self, they're going to need people probably with new skills as well. So if you are that person with a different skill set than the people that they have had to let go, that may put you at the head of the line. Don't ignore that possibility as well. The more time you spend on the inside talking to people about what's going on in their organizations, the better you're going to be prepared for presenting yourself as that person that they need. The process is set up properly with the relationship first. And I will give you the same advice, folks, that I'm giving to most of the leaders that I'm interacting right now. Whenever you're in a, a pandemic or a crisis or things are uncertain, you need more communication, yes. not less communication. 
And in a job search or in a process where you're trying to establish relationship during this time where we're all remote, that means I need to communicate more through different methods that I may not be right. comfortable with right. to get what I want. Do more communication and be alert and cautious when you work from absolutes. We mentioned that. So anything like never or always, these absolutes are going to trip you up and, and put you in a this all or none mentality uh, just is not helpful in getting you to the next level in your career. As those self-doubts start to, to get the better of you, there are things that you can do. We've talked about especially getting out of your own head. I'd say that's probably your first step. So when you hear those absolutes start to come in, that should be a, a cautionary flag for you. I need to get out of my head for a minute. Let that be your tool. The moment you say, oh, I'm never going to, okay. Time out. There should be like a, a referee inside your mind that, that blows a whistle and yeah. just says, yo, time out. I know I have to do that occasionally. Self-doubt. It's normal. Overcoming self-doubt is not the same as eliminating self-doubt. And it's learning how to deal with it, not to try to ignore it. And one of the resources you might consider, actually, that I hadn't thought of is I do a live broadcast every Friday on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, so it's a LinkedIn Live, 3 p.m. Pacific time every Friday, and I make it available to anybody. And so if that's you, please go ahead and visit LinkedIn. My profile will be listed in the show notes, or you can reach out to us through the website, absolutely. If you need additional support during these difficult times, both Scott and I have made a commitment that we would make ourselves available. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, to talk to you if you have if you need some kind of direction. And if you so, need additional support, of course, we do have coaching programs that we could offer. Right. So go to uh, jobseekersradio.com forward slash 081. Download the ebook that we did, The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. Listen to that. Take the take notes on what you can do when you're on the in the website. Send us a message and let us know how we can help you. Either one of us will be will be happy to help. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. The other thing you'll see in the show notes is a link to iTunes, and in that link you you get the chance to do a couple of things. First, if you want to subscribe on iTunes and that happens to be your platform, great. Go ahead and do that. You'll not only get uh, subscribed, but you'll get future episodes. Uh, the other thing that allows you to do is provide us a rate and review, which is really helpful in getting the message out about this Job Seekers Radio that we've put together. I think if you've gotten value out of this, my guess is somebody else could too. So rate, review, maybe even share it with a friend or a family member, a colleague, whatever's, whoever's in your circle that you can think of that might benefit from this session or any of the, the other episodes we've done, we would really appreciate that. Yes, we would. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And in the words of William Shakespeare, modest doubt is called the beacon of the wise. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.